Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Welcome to church. Thanks for tuning in from wherever you are. Whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, please consider dropping a like, comment, or sharing today's service with your friends. I'm so excited about today's message, and I want you to know that as Tulare Community Church, we have been doing our very best the last few years to live into our name. You may have heard us use the saying, embrace our name. And it's been something that we've been pretty excited about and something that we've been challenging our church members to take part in. Over the last few years, we've seen God do some amazing things through our ministries and through our Reach Out events. We've heard uplifting and encouraging stories from people in our church who have taken it upon themselves to listen for God's leading and paired acts of love with bold faith. This week, I think we've taken another step towards that goal as we uh, have done our in-person gathering at the Tulare Outlet Mall to worship Jesus, to examine the scriptures, and to lift up our community's business sector in prayer. Speaking of community, my heart has been heavy these last few weeks as we've witnessed some tragedies in communities all across our nation. Now more than ever, we need unity, we need prayer, and we need to root ourselves in the truth of the gospel and the character of Jesus. Reverend R.C. Sproul once said, truth is not defined by our own subjective standards. It is determined by the source of truth himself. And in this sermon series we've called Fake News, we're taking a swing at understanding, applying, and at the most foundational level, affirming that Jesus is the source of truth himself. In a world where truth is becoming more and more objective, we realize that we live in a day and age where biases are clear and information is spun, and it's hard to know what we can trust. And this goes for just about every area of our life, from what you're reading on social media, to your news channel of choice, to the ingredients on the back of those organic healthy brownies, to which pastor you're listening to. If we don't know who to trust and we can't distinguish between fake news and truth, what do we base our reasoning on to make informed decisions in our lives? I mean, have you ever caught yourself asking, why is it so hard to tell what's true and what's not? I have on more than one occasion, especially lately. I've sat back and I've watched people express their feelings on what's happening and say to myself, there's no way you believe that to be true. I typed out texts and comments and erased them over and over again. I've turned my phone off because I can't believe some of the things that I'm reading and seeing that are being brandished as truth. Things that are being propped up as solutions to the issues in our world that as a Christian, I know are at its foundation simply the presence of sin in a fallen world. And I found myself crying out to God, how can we help people see the truth? Give me the wisdom to speak into these painful situations. And I was reminded of Paul agonizing over his church in the book of Colossians. They thought there had to be more information, more philosophies, more systems, more rules that would help them live out their faith. But Paul reminds them that they have all they need in Jesus. They received all the truth they needed when they accepted Jesus. It's not Jesus and then We have enough in Jesus. We have the fullness of God in Christ. And the reality is, there's only one truth as Christians. The only truth that we have, the only truth that we need at a time like this is based on what we read in John 14, 6 and 7. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Truth is a defining characteristic of God. I am the truth. We see it on display throughout Scripture in a number of ways. First, we see that truth has an opposite. The opposition of truth in the Bible is presented in the form of the devil as the liar, the father of lies. 
Then we see that all scripture comes from God. And as such, the psalmist says in Psalm 119, 160, all your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. And lastly, scripture tells us that the Lord draws near only to those who call upon him in truth. Obviously, truth is important to everyone, but what we learn from this is that it's critically important to us as Christians. And it's not enough to just simply understand truth. Truth and life are intimately linked together. The Lord draws near to those who call, to those who take action with their lives, who live out their faith with their lives. The Apostle Paul, one of the greatest teachers of his day, understood this relationship between truth and life. He understood that one aspect of preaching and teaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ was to share knowledge with the believers, but that it went much further than that. Knowledge wasn't just meant to be understood, tested, and debated. It wasn't just more head knowledge or something to keep in mind to to beat people over the head with if they had competing views either. It was also meant to be expressed. It was meant to be lived out in love, faith, and godliness. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, 9-11, Paul said, Sinful acts are contrary to sound doctrine. They do not conform to the glorious gospel of the blessed God. He's making it clear that our actions matter when it comes to knowing and speaking truth. Then in chapter 3, verse 15, Paul expresses his concern about how people should conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. There's a particular way that we as the church, the body of believers, should act and live in accordance with the truth and amongst each other. In Titus 1.1, Paul tells his readers his goal for sharing knowledge of the truth. He said it's knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. So what does that mean? What does godliness look like? Well, in Titus chapter 2, verses 1-3, through 3, Paul teaches that temperance, self-control, faith, love, endurance, and reverence are in alignment with sound doctrine with the truth. These are the signs of truth being lived out in our lives. Signs that we are doing our best to reflect the character and the nature of God. So knowing the truth, being committed to sound doctrine, living them out must lead to godliness. We see from Paul's teachings and the way that he lived out his life personally that not only is this truth expected to have an impact on our life, but our life should be lived in harmony with the truth. See, the good works and the the content of our relationships with others are a reflection of our beliefs about the truth. Truth produces the lifestyle that God has planned for us, not the other way around. And too many people in our culture today have it backwards. I think that simply being a good person brings you to the truth. However, it's knowing the truth, accepting it, and applying it to your life that produces godliness in us. Paul laid out three core truths in his letters to his believers. He was consistent with these in each of his letters. The first is that we are all sinners, warped and twisted out of shape, far from being the person that we want to be, and even more importantly, the person God intended us to be. The second is that when we accept Christ as the Lord of our lives, when we lay down our own lives, Jesus himself enters in and we receive his imperishable life. And lastly, God is in the process of working on us. He is transforming us into his likeliness with ever-increasing glory. And it was Paul's understanding of these core truths of the gospel that led him to the commitment that he makes in 2 Corinthians 4 to live his life a certain way through the good times and the bad and his why because of the truth that is found only the character and the nature of God and the God that we serve. Paul says to the Corinthian Christians, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, this truth, we never give up. 
We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from the people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeliness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. What a strong response from Paul. One of honesty and love amidst trials and hardships. There at the end he says, let's not get too lost in the troubles that we see around us, but let's focus on the things that cannot be seen. And that's the truth of Jesus Christ, the Spirit's leading in our hearts. The truth of our Lord paired with good works in unison with the will of God is what allowed Paul to live, love, and minister in a way that gave glory and honor to God in the midst of a crisis, in a way that brought unity to a culture that needed it, in a way that demonstrated true love and compassion that lifted each other up. It promoted godliness, and it pointed people back to Jesus as the only solution. Paul warned his followers that we are all members of one body, and because of that, openness and honesty are what hold us together. No one is interested in following a hypocrite, but a person who lives their life based on the truth of Jesus will always be a light in a dark world. And when a person feels the tug of the Lord on their hearts, it's that light that becomes a beacon of hope. Paul, in all of his letters, was very open and honest about his personal walk because he wanted people to see that he was a sinner who needed Jesus. He wasn't preaching down to anyone. And coming from his background, I think he knew what a hypocrite looked like. He knew that no one was interested in following someone who talked the talk but never really walked the walk. It may be tough to hear, but we're the hypocrites when we are perpetuating fake news of any kind. Most importantly, those that misrepresent Scripture and undermine the truth found in Christ's nature. When we choose to follow our own truths because we want our own way, rather than trusting in the Lord to shepherd our lives and to lead us down the path of righteousness, and when we manipulate circumstances with others through hidden motives and, and agendas that divide us even further, all of these things 
cause pain to the Father. Today, we repent and we acknowledge the error of our ways. We admit that we don't always get it right in our search for the truth. We accept the core truths that Paul pointed to and accept the truth that that is Christ as our way forward. We eagerly ask for the Lord's leading as the, the truth in our lives and we commit to living it out in our community. We acknowledge that we are sinners who are imperfect and fall short of the glory of God, but we trust and believe that we serve a God whose grace is sufficient. I want to leave you guys with a a story from Harry Alvis' book, The Peanut Man. George Washington Carver became one of the most honored and respected scientists of his generation by focusing on the peanut. Eventually, he would discover some 300 uses for his basic or this basic and seemingly insignificant food. Carver attributed all of his scientific discoveries to God. And he once said that he had asked God to explain the universe to him, but that he felt God saying that was too large of a task. And when he asked for something that he could handle, Carver said that it was God that directed his attention to the peanut. And his focus and search for value produced amazing results. Carver never doubted that God was rewarding his faith and his effort. And he said, without God to draw aside the curtain, I would be helpless. In a day when many people deny that truth even exists as an absolute reality, those of us who know God need to be more focused than ever on seeking it. Truth is not an abstract concept that varies with time and place and that can never really be fully known. Truth is a part of the very nature of God. Proverbs 25 verse 2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. I know in my heart that if we are willing to seek out the truth that is Christ, He will see us through these dark and difficult days. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to serve you. You are a good God. You are an honest God. And we thank you for your promises that you've made to us. Lord, at a trying time, at a time where it seems harder and harder to to discern what the truth is, at a time where people are being pitted against each other, Lord, we, we pray that you would continue to put the lens of Christ in front of us, that we would look at all things with scripture in mind, with your character, and that we would seek out peace, that we would seek out justice, and that we would seek out a life that is reflective of your character, of your truths. God, you're the only way forward. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And we give our lives to you in this day. In the name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.